Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, fellow feline friends. Welcome to another episode of Cat Talk Radio. I'm Molly DeVos, your go-to certified cat behavior specialist. And today, I want to dive into some of your great questions. I really appreciate everybody sending me questions and topics and things like that. It makes our, our job a lot easier because on our 260 some odd episode here of Cat Talk Radio, without revisiting a bunch of topics, it kind of becomes difficult and challenging to come up with some new and fresh material. But you guys help by sending me some great questions. And so today I want to dive into some of those listener questions. I have one from Tracy. She says, I was asked by a friend which is better for the cat that's been a pet to one owner in one home for eight years, like its whole life. By the way, I know it's wrong, but this is an indoor-outdoor cat with a cat door, sleeps. He sleeps in the house all night, but comes and goes during the day. I don't think that's wrong. She did put that in, in quotes, but I don't, I don't think that's wrong, Tracy. Some people you know, that live in areas where there's not a lot of high traffic, things like that. I, I don't I don't necessarily think that's wrong. Anyway, off topic. Her question is, she's asking that this eight-year-old cat that has been living with one person in one house its whole life, but it's an indoor-outdoor cat, is it a choice, first choice, owner moves far away, thousands of miles away, takes the cat with him, and the cat has to adjust to a new home, a new outside environment, or the new homeowners of the house accept the cat, and the cat has to adjust to losing its original owner for good, but it stays in the house in the environment it's known all its life, just with new people. So is one better for the cat over the other? Wow. And that's a that's an interesting question, <laughs> certainly not one I've been asked before. So good job on originality there. And I think it depends on on the cat really, and and the cat owner relationship. You know, if the cat is a is really basically a feral cat that just comes inside at night and sleeps and then is gone, and there's really not a lot of interaction between the cat and the owner. You know, but if they're have a close formed bond, you know, then that cat's really going to mourn the loss of the relationship. And, you know, how, how bond is the person to the cat? Is the person going to mourn losing the cat if they decide to move and leave the cat behind? And, and then of course, how on earth do you find home buyers that are willing to take the responsibility of the cat? You also have that to that to imagine. And, you know, cats are like, they're super stressed by change. And, and is thinking about this, if, if you're moving, right, the cat's having to live through all the boxing and packing, and then you leave, and then there's 
probably a little bit of gap. Cleaning people come in, clean, all that, house is empty. New people come in, set all their stuff down. And now the cat's got to get used to whole new people, new smelling things. Everything is is really difficult. I, I would say that it's best to maintain the original owner bond and just go through that moving process with as little stress as possible. I mean, obviously that's going to be stressful on the cat too. You know, they'll need to keep the cat indoors at the new place, obviously, for at least a month for them to get acclimated. And then I would also uh, harness and leash and take the cat out on walks outside so that it slowly gets used to the new environment and smells and its neighborhood and, and things like that. But I, I think leaving the cat behind and having it go through uh, the biggest part of the trauma with all the stuff being packed up and moved and then new people coming in, it just not only seems impossible to coordinate successfully, but I think that's going to be more traumatizing on the cat um, and losing, of course, its owner than taking the cat with you and establishing it a new place. Interesting question. Very, very interesting question. Thank you. <laughs> Now, I got another one. This one is from Matthew. And Matthew asks, I've been considering getting a cat. And I had a question. I've been listening to your podcast, and it's been very helpful for learning about what goes into the care of these creatures. Well, thank you, Matthew. That's what Cat Talk Radio is all about. He says, I'm currently a college student, and I'm considering getting a cat. I'm living in a fairly large studio apartment and likely will be for roughly another two years, during which I'll spend most of my time in the apartment. After this, I'll likely get a full-time job, which will result in me being gone for most of the day. So my question is this, would it be better to get two cats, perhaps a pair of bonded littermates? This may help them down the line when I must leave them alone for longer periods, since they may help to provide enrichment for each other. It may also help them adapt to changes in situations since they'll be familiar with each other. I understand that multiple cats can have issues coexisting in small spaces, but I was wondering if this issue might be minimized if they were siblings. For example, I do not have enough room for three litter boxes. Do you believe it would be wise to get two, or do you think one cat would have no issue with the changes I'm describing, or at least issues that would be mitigated by the presence of another cat? Any advice would be appreciated. Well thought out question, Matthew, and you are asking all the right questions up front. I, I love it. And um, wow. So I, I think if you're planning on adopting a kitten, then yes, I would I would get to because they're going to keep each other company and they're going to help to burn off that kitten energy with each other when you're not there. You know, I I we got a solo kitten and that's only because Dewey said no to two because I would have rather had two. But we we got a, a solo kitten, Pico, three years ago, and it was right in the middle of COVID. And and I work from home. So for that first 18 months, we we drove everywhere and, you know, we took him with us and we work from home. And so he was never alone. And when we've left him, 
and which has been very rarely. And even though we leave him with a very nice cat sitter, we come home and he is super clingy and just crazy out of his mind, worried that we're going to leave again. And, and, you know, and it was hard for him to be alone like that. Like I said, even though he had a person here with him, there was no continuity. So, but, you know, that said, uh, cats are resilient, you know, they, they survive a move and they survive time alone, you know, so I, and, and you do need to have at least two litter boxes, even if, you've got siblings, you're really going to need two litter boxes and you're going to need to be dedicated to scooping them at least once a day. Now, when you get two cats, do be sure to get two litter mates, not like a kitten from two different litters. And when you go to the shelter to look at litter of kittens, to think about which ones, watch for the two that are sleeping together and following each other around because they do develop bonded pair type behaviors, even at a very young age. So watch for that. Um, although kittens don't always stay bonded their entire life, it's certainly not a, not a guarantee. And there's a lot of other podcasts that I think are going to help you at this point too. One's called New Kitten Questions. One is the Kitten Social Development Window and leaving cats alone. I have a whole podcast on that that'd be good for you to listen to. Also, kitten play. Are you doing it right? And then, of course, moving with your cat and how to reduce stress. There's there's some really good podcasts to check out there. And you can go to our website, catbehaviorsolutions.org, and there's a search bar at the top and put in any of those titles or even portions of those titles, and it'll come up for you to early link to that. But yeah, I'd say get to, go ahead, get to. They, they, they can adapt to living in small spaces. And one of the things you wanna do in your small space is just make sure you've got lots of vertical space. Now, if you can't go drilling into the walls and things to make you know steps and beds and stuff like that, then get tall bookshelves. I saw this bookshelf on Wayfair the other day that was really cool. It's like a stair-step bookshelf. I think it's about six feet tall and you put the narrow end against the wall and then the stair steps, like the different depths of the bookshelf is like a stair step for a cat all the way up to the top. It's very cool. So you can build some furniture that's functional, but that you share with the cat. So the cats also have something to climb on. So remember when you have small spaces, you want to increase the cat's square footage by going vertical. That gives them more space. But you sound like a very intelligent young man and are thinking this through, you know, before you get that way and obviously are very caring of other beings and uh, you're going to make a great cat daddy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. Next question is from Esther. And she says, I know you've covered a lot of the issues about taking your cat outside. I've been doing this with my first cat, Indy. However, Loki, he's the typical scaredy cat whose instinct when encountering a situation he's not familiar with is to flee and hide. I've taken him out a few times to a tiny forest, a five millimeter walk from my house, very quiet, but he doesn't seem to enjoy the experience. My main motive 
to getting used to going out on a leash is because I travel with my cats between Spain and Sweden and want to make sure he doesn't stress so much during long travels. So my question is, should I respect his shy nature and not force him to do things he doesn't enjoy? Or is it beneficial in the long term that I continue building confidence in him and take him out regularly, even if only for a little bit, like five minutes? Well, absolutely, you should respect what makes your cats uncomfortable, right? Because that fear that he's experiencing leads to stress and stress leads to diseases, right? So some cats have just experienced trauma in the outdoors and they still carry that with them. And others just simply prefer a safe, predictable home turf environment. They are very much couch potato homebodies. So I really don't recommend that you do anything that stresses your cat out because What's happening is you're flooding him with the experience, right? He's scared of the outdoors, the smells, the sounds, the newness, and and just continuing to allow him to experience that fear isn't really helping him to get over the fear. All that's really doing is flooding him with experiences that he thinks are fearful. So I wouldn't do that. That's not the way gradual desensitization works. Now, what you could do if you find him more comfortable enclosed in a stroller, maybe you put him in the stroller, that way he's kind of enclosed. You could put a a towel over it so he only sees out a little tiny piece, give him lots of treats, catnip, things like that, so that it's pleasurable. Because if the experience isn't pleasurable and it doesn't sound like it's very pleasurable for him, then, you know, I I think it's just going to continue to stress him out, which is going to eventually make him sick. So I I would not force him to do anything that's not comfortable for him. And it it is very challenging traveling with with cats that are insecure like that. And I don't know how you're going to travel, whether you're traveling by car or train or how you're going to get between Spain and Sweden and how frequently, but there are Uh, some other podcasts actually on traveling with your cat that you might find helpful. I would definitely try to get some gabapentin or something else that your vet can prescribe that's kind of a mild sedation, you know, when you have to take him on trips and be sure to confine him to a carrier and cover that carrier so he can't see out. All right, because them seeing out and seeing things moving often causes nausea and and those feelings of insecurity. And take things along that smell like him. Obviously, you, beds he sleeps on, you know, that kind of stuff that, that you've had in the house. Take those with you when you travel. And, you know, if you are absolutely intent on conditioning him to go outside, like I said, do that in the stroller. Start very slow. If you've got room to build on a catio where he's protected but still outside, that might be a good thing to do, too, because then he gets used to the catio. And then you can take him on little short outings outside the catio. And make sure to let him lead where he wants to go. You know, don't drag him along and make him go places he doesn't. The One of the keys about walking a cat on a leash is that 
you know, we let them lead us. They're basically walking us. And, and then they have more confidence because they're in control. It's their choice to go in this direction versus that direction and so on. Good luck with that. I wish I was traveling between Spain and Sweden frequently. That just sounds heavenly. <laughs> I have another question here from Mary. She says, I have a five-year-old female Siamese mix. I adopted her from a hoarding situation about two years ago. Oh, thanks for doing that. We get lots of hoarding cats and hoarding cases, and they end up in our behavior modification programs because they haven't had a lot of socializing. So it always warms my heart when I hear someone taking a chance on them and adopting them. She goes on to say she has not seen another cat since then. I just re-listened to your podcast on introducing cats because whenever I see another Siamese cat up for adoption at the kennel, my heart melts. I'd like to be able to give another cat a good home. But on the other hand, your podcast repeatedly warns that cats are solitary creatures. My question to you is, do you think Siamese breeds in general tend to be more sociable with other cats than other breeds? Is there a higher likelihood that Siamese cats would get along? Well, interesting question. Um, I don't know that I've noticed Siamese breeds being more or less capable of getting along with other cats, but typically cats from a hoarding environment are actually more closely bonded to cats than they are people. You know, we find when we split those cats up in a shelter setting, they don't do nearly as well as if we they do when we group them together in a group room. So You'll just want to make sure that the cat you're adopting has been around and accepted other cats. And and I and the way to do that would be obviously, you know, in a shelter setting that has group rooms. If you can find a, a Siamese that's been living in a group room with other cats and they're getting along fine, then I'd say your your you know, your chances are pretty good if you follow the introduction process carefully and slowly and patiently that everything will go fine. And I totally think you ought to get a second cat and, and help another cat. Get another hoarding cat. In fact, if you're in the New Mexico area, I have one in mind, actually. <laughs> a beautiful blue-eyed Torty point Siamese that came from a hoarding case and everybody else has been adopted out and she's alone and could use a home. So yeah, just be sure to to find, go to our YouTube channel. And while you're there, by the way, please subscribe to our YouTube channel because, you know, if we get a thousand or more subscribers or whatever that number is, we can actually monetize a little bit from that. And that really helps a nonprofit. So anybody listening, head over to our, our YouTube channel and, and uh, like it, please subscribe to it. That helps us out. Okay. I got one more question I want to cover today. I think we still have time. Yeah, sure. Why not? This is from Alicia. She says, I listen to your podcast every morning and I love it. Oh, thank you, Alicia. I hope you're tuning in today. She says, we recently got our little kitten and we're trying to figure out where will be the best place to put the litter box. We currently have it in the guest room, but soon we're going to be having some family over. So we don't want the litter in there. Do you think the garage will be a better fit? And how do we do the transition without having accidents? Mm, good question. Very, very, very good question. So 
it is challenging to move a litter box when the cat's used to it being where it is or anything else the cat relies on, food bowls, things like that. So if you're going to move it, do it slow, you know, like about five inches a day to move to the location that's ideal. You know, you can also add a second box. That would be what I would probably recommend first is add a second box in the ideal location. You know, of course, there's no guarantees cat's going to like that over the one that he's using now, but that would certainly be the way to start. Hold on one second. I have a cat problem. Does anybody know a good cat behavior specialist I could call? <laughs> Pico's decided he's going to take out my computer monitor in the middle of recording. Thanks, guy. Anyway, <laughs> where was I? Moving the litter box. Right. Do a second one and, and see if he uses it. And and if so, that's great. Then then when the other one is blocked off, he'll know where it is. I would I would definitely do that. But make sure it's not in too much of an out of the way area, right? It it needs to be in an area where there's not a lot of heavy traffic and stuff like that. But also cats don't like going in caves. So not like in a closet or something like that. And they also don't like going next to noisy equipment like the washer and dryer. I don't know how your house is set up, but the garage might might feel a little bit too secluded. Without seeing it, it's really hard to say. And how does the cat get to the garage? Do they have a cat door? And then how do you keep the cat from escaping out of the garage to the outside when you come and go with your car? You know, all of those things. So without knowing all of those details, I can't really tell you whether garage is the right place to put it, but I can say I'd put a second one down and see how that goes. And then if you have to move it, just move it very tiny, like five inches a day till you get to the right location. Okay, that wraps up our listener questions today. Again, I super appreciate you sending them to me. And if anybody else listening has any questions or topics you'd like us to cover on future episodes, please email them to me at molly at cattalkradio.com. And you can help us out in another way. In addition to going to YouTube and subscribing to our channel, head over to our store. We call it the Behavior Boutique. And Everything that you purchase out of our Behavior Boutique goes directly to the nonprofit. You know, it's all a volunteer-based thing. We don't take any salaries at all out of Cat Behavior Solutions. We're here to help you learn how to take better care of your cat and increase the bond between you. And we're going to keep doing it as long as shelter euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats. Thanks for tuning in today, everyone. And until next time, keep calm and purr on. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. 
Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. 